Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. For the last several years, Chicagoans have been deluged with a stream of bad news about lead in the water, in schools, in park fountains, and now in their homes. Chicago is the latest city to face questions about its drinking water. This time in some of the Chicago Park District's outdoor drinking fountains. Over the next few weeks, more than 250 Chicago public schools will be tested for lead. Earlier this year, a Chicago Tribune investigation revealed that city officials weren't doing enough to warn residents about potential hazards of lead running through the city's pipes. I'm Alexandra Solomon, editor of Curious City, and Curious City has been answering questions about lead in the water for a couple of years now. Like this one we got from Mike Stevens. Essentially, he wants to know, how do we fix this? How do we get rid of the lead in the drinking water in Chicago? Curious City reporter Monica Ang has been reporting on this story, and she's found the answer is it will take a lot of money and a lot of political will. And she's joining me now to talk about that. Hey, Monica. Hey, Alexandra. So, Monica, we hear that lead is bad, bad for kids. Why should we be concerned about lead in our drinking water? Well, mostly because kids with early exposure to lead can have developmental problems that can lead to lower IQ, depression and violent behavior. Some researchers even think this could be related to some of the violence we've seen in Chicago. But for adults, also, you see heart disease related to lead. So it really affects things like longevity. And is there any amount of lead that's considered safe if it's in the water? Out of practicality, the EPA does allow some lead in water, but health experts say no amount of lead is safe. Okay, so there are all kinds of health risks that come from exposure to lead in the water. Help us understand how is the lead actually getting into the drinking water in our homes? Well, Alex, you can think of our water mains as these big city-owned and operated highways that run under pretty much every street. But those have to branch off into our homes in a private service line. In Chicago, this service line is likely to be made out of, you guessed it, lead. That's because Chicago actually required that all service lines be made of lead until 1986. And that is decades after most major cities totally banned it. And this left us today with like 360,000 lead service lines underneath our homes. That's more than any other city in the nation. So does having lead pipes, though, actually mean you have lead in the water? That's a great question, because a lot of other cities have lead service lines, but they don't have the same issues. Chicago's different in two ways. Our first problem is that we're replacing all our water mains. You may have seen the work on the street. And the EPA says that that's kicking up the levels of lead to nearby homes. On top of that, most cities have something called corrosion control treatment. And that means they put a chemical in the water called orthophosphate, and it's supposed to coat the pipes and keep the lead from leaching into the water. And does Chicago do that? Yep, but experts like Virginia Tech environmental engineer Mark Edwards, he's a guy who led the team that uncovered the Flint crisis, they say we're not using nearly enough orthophosphate. 
there's no question that Chicago can do a much better job in terms of corrosion control and adding higher doses. To do that, they're going to have to make other changes to their treatment processes, which they've been historically reluctant to do. For instance, the two cities that now treat this the best, Washington, D.C. and Flint, use like six to eight times as much orthophosphate to coat the pipes. Okay, so there's ways that we might be able to treat the water differently, but doesn't the city have to actually test the water? Isn't there some sort of regulation out there that protects public health when it comes to this issue? Yep, there definitely is. It's called the lead and cop rule. It's 27 years old. And in Chicago, that requires us to test just 50 hand-picked homes every three years to represent the whole city. And when you say hand-picked, what do you mean? I mean that the city gets to choose which homes they're going to check. Historically, these have been the homes of city workers on the far northwest and southwest side, rather than a more representative sample across the city. And if less than 10 percent of those homes have high lead levels, the city doesn't have to act. Still, a recent EPA study showed that this testing was not capturing all the lead that's actually in Chicago's water. But until they update the lead and copper rule, this testing method of one sample from 50 homes every three years... It's all we've got. I asked the guy responsible for the city's water quality, Randy Connor, if Chicago planned to change anything about the way they test. If the federal government wants to change the lead and copper rule, we just have to wait until that change comes down and we can adjust our program accordingly. I should note that pretty much everyone agrees the lead and copper rule needs an update and the EPA says it's working on it. But I'm told the recent shakeups at the department are going to slow the process well into next year. Now, you mentioned this lead and copper rule requires the city take action, though, if they find uh, lead in at least 10 percent of the homes. But there was a recent Tribune report that found that actually 70 percent of Chicago homes have lead in the water. So why, why hasn't the city taken action? Right. I know this can be totally confusing. But the stuff the Tribune analyzed, that was data that came from people who called 311 and asked for those voluntary home testing kits. Most of those homes had lead and about a third had levels in their water that wouldn't be tolerated in bottled water. Wait, so those home testing kit results, those don't count? Those don't require federal action? No, even though the city analyzed that data, only the 50 houses that they check every three years count. So those are the federal regulations, and it doesn't sound like the testing that's going on right now under those regulations necessarily reflects the actual uh, state of lead in the water here in Chicago. If the federal government isn't going to compel cities to do more, is there anything being done at the state level? Uh, For example, the state of Illinois, what are they doing about this issue? Well, believe it or not, those federal regulations don't require you to test schools, daycares, or parks. But just last year, Illinois State Senator Heather Staines, she was able to get legislation passed that would require all licensed Illinois daycares and grade schools to actually test the water. So there is plenty you can do on a state level, and several states have. Okay, so it looks like the state is going to be doing more to take on this issue. Um, But where is the city's response in all this? Well, I've had requests in to talk to the mayor for several weeks, but his office didn't make him available. Instead, they sent me to Water Commissioner Randy Connor and Health Commissioner Julia Morita. I sat down and talked to both of them, and they told me Chicago doesn't have a lead and water problem. When I brought up all the kids with high levels of lead in their blood to Health Commissioner Morita, she says her office really focuses on removing lead paint from their homes, and they're not so focused on lead and water. 
So that's what the commissioner said. But Alderman Scott Wagsback and pretty much the whole progressive caucus in the city council, they've been asking for public hearings on lead and water. But when Wagsback formally proposed this as a resolution in April at the city council, he was shut down by the mayor's people entirely. The alderman says that the mayor's office and the water department told him these things would be better handled behind closed doors. So when I saw the water commissioner, Randy Connor, I asked him what he had against open hearings on lead and water. I think that when you educate people, it has to be done in the, in the correct way. It has to be done in the right setting so that you're not creating a sense of mass hysteria. So that people understand that Chicago has the best drinking water and the cleanest drinking water um, that's ever to be found. Okay, wait a second. That's Water Commissioner Randy Connor. He just said Chicago has the best drinking water there is to be found. It doesn't sound like the city really thinks there's a problem here. Well, they say whatever lead problems we might have are already being taken care of through the lead paint remediation and this treatment, the orthophosphate in the pipes. But get this. Here's what Commissioner Connor says he does with his own water at home. I use a filter, the filter in my refrigerator. So I think that if you, there's a concern, I think that you should use a filter. Wow. So our own water commissioner is actually using a filter for the water at his own house. Yeah. And remember, the city's own voluntary home tests show those high levels. But City Hall doesn't want to talk about this. Well, so then is there any likelihood that we're actually going to see public hearings on this issue? Alderman Scott Wagsbeck says he's actually going to pull a maneuver called a Rule 41, which would force a vote on it this fall. And he says he'll be taking the names of all aldermen in Chicago who do not want public hearings on this. I think people have a right to know and we have a right to have these hearings. And and if the mayor's sitting there hiding this and making sure that, gosh, I've got an election coming up, so I don't want this stuff to get out, that's not just sad, but it's it's just appalling to me. And it's worth pointing out that at least one of the mayor's challengers in the upcoming election, Paul Vallis, is making that an issue. He thinks we need to provide filters to residents immediately and also start helping finance this replacement of lead pipes. Okay, so what you've said so far is, according to all the people that you've talked to, the long-term solution is to actually swap out all the lead service lines in Chicago. But that's expensive, and so the city hasn't wanted to do it. But are any other places doing it? Absolutely. Dozens of cities from Galesburg, Illinois and Milwaukee to Detroit and Philadelphia, they're all doing it and getting federal grants to help homeowners pay for their share. Plus, Michigan just passed a law saying every town in the state has to get rid of their lead service lines in the next 20 years. Illinois State Senator Heather Staines says she's going to push a similar bill this year in Springfield. But here in Chicago, the city with the most lead service lines, the mayor won't even have public discussions about it. What about people who hear this story and want to know, is there anything that they can do at home? Well, first, they can call 311 and get their water tested for free. Anyone could do this, whether you're a homeowner or you have an apartment. And aside from testing, is there anything else people can do? Well, the EPA has five recommendations specifically for concerned Chicagoans. First, if you have a lead service line, get a water filter that can reduce or remove lead. And that's especially if you have pregnant women or kids in the house. Second, never consume hot water from the tap because it can carry a lot more lead than cold. And boiling does not help. Third, clean your aerators. Those are the little strainers on your faucet that can trap lead and actually make the situation worse. Fourth, flush your water for a few minutes in the morning and when you get home at night. 
you don't want to waste water, you can do this by taking a shower, doing laundry, washing dishes, flushing the toilets, or even watering your plants. And fifth, if you have a lead service line, you might want to think about going through the expense of changing it out. Unless the city starts applying for those federal grants and loans, though, homeowners could be on the hook for up to $10,000 per service line. Well, thanks, Monica. People should be sure to check out our website, wbez.org slash CuriousCity, where we've got a link to the EPA's recommendations, and that includes a list of filters if people want more information about that. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. Special thanks to WBEZ reporters Dan Mihalopoulos and Claudia Morell, and thanks again for your reporting, Monica. Thank you. Hey, before I let you go, I want to tell you about another podcast you might enjoy. Actually, it's co-hosted by me, along with Louisa Chu, a Chicago Tribune food reporter. It's called Chewing, like Chew-ang, get it? We report on food and health in Chicago and elsewhere, interviewing chefs, farmers, authors, and sometimes food journalists. And we go on a lot of food field trips in Chicago, sometimes with my mom. Mom, have you ever seen the jibaritos that look like this? I have never. These are just ginormous. Louisa and I are old friends. Well, not that old, but you know what I mean. And we combine our reporting with humor and, let's call it, sometimes banter. I, no, no, I have some sugar. And I do get caramelization on my broccoli. Yeah, and she's very judgy about it. Anybody who thinks you shouldn't caramelize broccoli is insane. You can find Chewing wherever you get your podcasts or at chewing.xyz. Yes, chewing.xyz. It's a real website. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.